I don't know if this part's making it in, but I'm really sorry, audience, for my room being so messy right now. <laughs> there was laundry day, but I forgot to do the laundry. It's very distracting to me. So it's just clothes everywhere. I'm sorry, Ian. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, d- disclaimer, I can't actually see Marshall's room. <laughs> I- I'm completely lying. We'll put it on our Instagram. It'll be the first. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hashtag podcast. And it's just a pile <laughs> of dirty clothes. <laughs> the true horror. <laughs> I know how this must look to you, Miss Evans, and to be completely honest, I'm not sure how it all came to this. Little by little, then all at once, I suppose. Hmm. What I'm trying to say is that whatever it might look like on the outside, our son is here. He's very much with us. Do you understand, Miss Evans? Yes. Good. Oh, good. That's very good. Welcome to Paths of Fear, the weekly podcast where we give our takes on horror movies and explore all the opinions of our audience. I'm Ian. And I'm Marshall. And today we'll be having a look at The Boy, an American horror film made in 2016, written by Stacey Manier and directed by William Brent Bell. I thought it was an R.I. movie overall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to tease it first? I feel like we should tease then do ratings, right? Yes, I think that that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Give it a little teaser because maybe someone will realize, mm-hmm. actually, this movie sounds really good. I should watch it before hearing what you guys think yeah okay let's just do it that makes sense greta evans a woman out of montana travels to the united kingdom to escape her past she quickly finds work as a nanny for the heelshire family who wants her to care for their son while they're on holiday however their son brahm turns out to be a life-size porcelain doll greta is given a strict schedule and set of rules of how to take care of brahms but will she follow these rules what happens when you fail to care for the boy? Dude, I... So, I bothered me so much when I first saw this movie the first... It didn't bother me so much this time, but that his name was Brahms, like it was plural or something, and I was like, you can't have your name be plural. That's not fair. <laughs> I'm not Marshalls. Like, that's... <laughs> Jeez. You should be. <laughs> I mean, but you have names like James. But that's, you know? but that's, that's not plural, you know? Because no one's just named Jane. Shame, <laughs> but like people are named Brom, but like they're not named Brahms. It's just I, it's just plural. I don't like it. It mm. needs to not be plural. <laughs> let's let's sign a petition. Yes. You know what? Change.org. Yeah, we'd like a remake of this movie <laughs> where, where where you correct the name. Just go into the editing room and just please just cut off the S. Just have them not pronounce that. Digitally edit their mouths to not do the S. Yeah. <laughs> just like 20 million dollars later ah okay <laughs> Zack Snyder's the boy <laughs> <laughs> well Ian what did you think of the movie where would you rate it uh, honestly even now I'm still thinking about how I feel about this movie I feel kind of conflicted here's the thing is that I feel like the movie itself and the story it wasn't it just wasn't very sophisticated but at the same time, I feel like it did pretty well in the horror aspect, and I enjoyed it. 
So I, I liked it for sure, even though I feel like for some reason I shouldn't exactly. Interesting. So okay. I, I would actually give this movie uh I give it a solid seven, actually. Oh, okay. I, uh, I think it's a solid horror movie and uh, I enjoyed it. This is we so ends our streak of being so far apart because I was gonna give this movie a good eight. So yeah, there yeah, you go. Seven point five is what we land on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say yeah, we, we both they both like this movie for sure. And I get what you mean when you say that like the story wasn't too sophisticated because it mm-hmm. can really be broken down into like a few simple sentences uh, as a whole. But yeah, I think that it does a lot of things pretty darn well and it does them well enough. That, like, it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. And I suppose with all the movies we've, wa- we've watched, it, it's it's nice to see just a straight up horror. Movie. Yeah. Just very focused on that horror aspect, and you know it has a twist. It like has all like the 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 classic parts of a horror movie, and it just does them well. Like it's pretty textbook, I'd say. It's nothing super uh, super creative or anything to like rave about, but they they just do it solidly by that logic. Like I and that I enjoyed it. It is a good horror movie. I do think that there is one unique thing they do, which I think is. We'll get into later because so I don't spoil anything before you give us yeah. a summary. <laughs> but I do think they do one thing pretty unique, but the rest of it is pretty cut and dry horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. excited to hear more about that. And uh, our audience, they gave us uh, they gave us an average of five point six, but I want you to know the scores were two four, two sevens, and an eight. So it was all across the board. It's not any focused area. Yeah. But it averages 5.6. Looks like some people just really didn't get any enjoyment out of it. And some people like were like, this is a good horror movie. Yeah. It was it was a bit of a dividing audience. I didn't expect this one to be quite so dividing. I thought it would be a little dividing, but not quite this dividing. Yeah, I'm surprised as well, especially like a two. Is yeah, that's no. pretty harsh. That is that's um, pretty, you're you're a hater, is what <laughs> No, it's just <laughs> like I, I am surprised that uh, someone can watch it and but- get so little enjoyment out of it um that little enjoyment that i do feel like you uh yeah the movie just didn't quite strike your chord i can't understand not getting as much enjoyment movie out of this movie though. i can understand coming into it with that mm, uh, yeah it just depends on what it yeah it, it does need to strike a particular chord for you mm-hmm. so uh, do you want to give us a summary in and then we'll talk about it in further detail sure thing let's hear it Greta Evans, an American from Montana, travels to the United Kingdom after being hired as a nanny by the elderly Hailshires. Upon her arrival, the couple introduces Greta to Brahms, a life-size porcelain doll that they treat like their son. It's so nice to meet you, Brahms. I hope that you and I can be friends. The Hailshires coach Greta on taking care of Brahms and their house while they are on holiday leaving her a list of strict rules to follow, such as reading Brahms a bedtime story and kissing him goodnight. I've got something to um, help you along. A schedule, the rules. Miss Hilscher, she was kind enough to write one out, you see. Now, it may seem a bit silly, but it is important that you follow them because Brahms is not like other children. He can be particular. I'm afraid we may have indulged him a bit over the years. Strangely, right before leaving Greta with Brahms, Mrs. Hillshire sincerely apologizes to her as her husband beckons her to come along. I'm so sorry. Come along, my dear. It's time we left. 
Initially, Greta ignores the rules, sets Brahms down in a chair, covers him in a blanket, and goes about her business. She regularly calls her sister, who tells her that her abusive ex-boyfriend Cole has been trying to find out where she is. Malcolm, the charming local grocery store owner and delivery man, stops by often. Greta learns from him that the real Brahms was killed in a fire 20 years ago on his 8th birthday. It was a fire. Brahms didn't make it out. On his 8th birthday. Such a tragedy. And the doll turned up not long after that. Malcolm eventually asks Greta out, and she accepts. Then, while taking a shower before her date, her dress and jewelry vanish. She finds herself lured into the attic by strange noises, and the door shuts and locks behind her. Is anybody here? But she's mysteriously let out the next morning. She explains to Malcolm what happened, and he looks around the house to make sure no one's broken in. Of this very lovely, very weird and large house. All the windows are sealed tight. The house is clear, okay? There was someone in here. I know it. They then discuss the real Brahms, whom Malcolm says Mr. Heelshire described as odd. God, he just looks at me this, you know, this heartbroken look. It made me sorry I even asked. And he, he said one word odd, he says. Odd. Strange events occur. A child sobs are heard in the hallways, phone calls are cut off, and the doll seems to move on its own. After receiving a phone call in which a child's voice urges her to follow the rules, Greta locks herself in her room. She then finds a peanut butter and jelly sandwich outside her door, the meal she had made herself earlier, and the child's voice promises he will be good. Believing that Brahms' spirit lives within the doll, Greta begins to take the rules seriously. Remembering that the Hillshires said Brahms was shy, she realizes that the doll only moves when she isn't in the room with him. She demonstrates this to Malcolm, who becomes worried. Yeah, given everything that's happened, maybe it'd be wise if you stayed in town tonight. Okay. He informs Greta that a girl Brahms was friends with was found in the forest with her skull crushed. And before the police could question Brahms, the Hillshire's house was burnt down with him in it. But I should have told you this before. I didn't want to scare you off. Malcolm warns her not to stay, but Greta, having previously suffered a miscarriage after being beaten by Cole, feels obligated to care for Brahms as she had promised his parents. I'm not leaving. Okay. Unbeknownst to her, the Hillshires have drowned themselves and wrote a goodbye letter to Brahms. One evening, Cole arrives, intending to force Greta back to Montana. Taking you home. Greta? Oh, sorry, I uh, let myself in. That's okay. This is, uh, this is Malcolm. He brings Malcolm. our groceries and stuff out here. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, man. Though Greta tells Malcolm she'll be okay with Cole, he stays nearby just in case. 
Greta asks the doll for help. Don't worry, Pops, I'm not gonna leave you. But I need your help. And that night, Cole wakes up and sees a message written in Rat's blood above him, telling him to leave. Believing it was done by either Greta or Malcolm, he angrily smashes Brahms to pieces. You don't understand what's happening, the doll. No, I think I understand exactly what's going on. Give here. me the doll. What's so special about this Cole? doll? Cole, please. Huh? No. Cole! Fine. Immediately after, the house begins to shake and they hear noises behind the walls. What the hell was that? The mirror nearby explodes, and from a hole behind it emerges the real, now adult Brahms wearing a porcelain mask identical to the doll's face. <laughs> After surviving the fire, Brahms has been living in the walls of the house. It's Brahms. It can't be. Brahms kills Cole and then turns on Malcolm and Greta. As they are pursued, Greta and Malcolm discover Brahms' room. A doll made from Greta's missing dress, hair, and jewelry sits in Brahms' bed, and Greta finds the goodbye letter from the Heelshires, revealing their plan of leaving Greta behind as a mate for Brahms. Okay, come on, this way, come on. We will not be back, the girl is yours now. She's yours to love again. They were never coming back. Come on, Greta, come on. He's been living in the walls the whole time watching me. They knew that he would do this. They knew that he would do this. Proms catches up to and knocks out Malcolm. He threatens to kill him if Greta leaves. You get back here! If you leave, I'm killing! I'm killing just like the others! Greta is able to escape the house, but returns to save Malcolm. She arms herself with a screwdriver, which she hides behind her, and then approaches Brahms directly. She invokes the rules and forces Brahms to bed. Brahms, I said it's time for bed. Let's go. He asks for a goodnight kiss, as required in the rules, but she denies him as punishment. When he tries to kiss her anyway, she stabs him. Brahms tries to choke her, but she pushes the weapon deeper into his gut, and he collapses. Greta rescues Malcolm, and they escape the house. Later, someone is seen repairing the doll. some good stuff yeah i i thought one really interesting thing they did was the design of brahms i don't know if it's just a doll they found or if they made a special for the movie Mm -hmm. but there's something about his face that you can you can imprint so much emotion onto it you know it's a like there are some dolls that are simply just creepy like they look a little too happy all the time like um, Annabelle, she always looks like a little too happy. So you're always like, I don't know about this, like, or yeah, lifeless, I suppose. But something about the eyes and just like the way the eyes were shaped, you could imprint like, oh, he's sad now because like this happened, stuff like that, or like, oh, that made him happy mm-hmm. to an extent. 
Um, and maybe it was just the way they positioned the camera and stuff, but you could always kind of put on this weird sympathy onto the doll when you thought the doll was actually somewhat alive. And this is actually something I thought the movie, and this is something I, I noted as well, that the movie did uh, really, really well. And, and you're spot on is that um, they were able to use, I don't know, again, if it's like camera angles um, or like, you know, I think it's a combination of camera angles, positioning, uh, just a lot of things. But they were able to sort of take that that well-known thing of like looking in paintings and feeling like someone's like the person in it staring at you yeah and they were able to apply that uh to brahms for sure mm-hmm. and they even showed that occasionally with how people like how he would be looking at certain people in the room right like yeah uh, like when cole was there it's like uh i don't know if it was at the dinner table or something but it's it's almost like brahms was looking at him specifically um and that really captures the creepiness that people feel when looking at something lifeless like a doll or like a painting and feeling as if there is some life behind it. Uh, they even did it with the painting that Brahms was in. It's like his parents weren't staring at you, but he was. Yeah, and uh, them doing that, it 100% makes you believe. And like you could see our audience talking about it. They were like, oh, so like someone jumped to the conclusion real fast. They're like, oh, so there's a spirit possessing the doll, yada, yada. Like, mm-hmm. which I think is just an edge. Like, uh, being if you're someone who watches horror movies that is kind of what you want to hop to first is like the doll is possessed or something there's some kind of spirit haunting this doll and it's taking it out on us yeah especially given the movies that have come out featuring dolls yeah exactly that's just, that's just that's just the regular thing we see so it was, it was nice seeing that twisted up and i liked seeing our audience get to go through that journey because i like that a lot i yeah. think i want to say that our two comes from someone that wanted that they wanted to see the possessed doll and then they brought in a person and that that actually disappointed them rather than shocked them if that makes sense yeah i could see that for either the the two or the four because yeah. um and i i think that's appropriate just because you know if you're expecting poltergeisty or haunting horror uh, which can also be very effective it can be disappointing to have a twist where it's like actually no it was just reality um, that can be a bit of a letdown. I and I think it really just depends on the mindset you're going into it with, and just how it strikes yeah. that particular chord with you. I don't think it's going to hit everybody the same. Because I was on the same boat. I was like, "Oh, the doll's haunted," and then you see his hand come out of that mirror, and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like it, it blew me away. I was, I was shocked, but like in a really great way. Mm-hmm. But that was the big like change that I really like seeing. The thing they did unique was I thought it was really cool to take away that whole. It has to be a spirit or something. That yeah, was, I like that. Yeah, I, I think so too, and and I don't think it it could be as good, at least with their story as they wrote it <laughs> up until that point. Um, if they hadn't done that, I I think that was a uh, definitely a good twist uh, and, to make. And I think that if they hadn't made that twist, yeah, it would have ruined it because like they were talking about it being some kind of spirit for so long. So then for that to mm-hmm. just become true, then I was just like, well, cool, man, there it is. Thank you. Yeah, and, and and if you look back in the movie, it seems uh, like they're able to craft it in such a way where you could see it being true. Because mm-hmm. uh, it would be, it it could definitely be irritating if you're like, well, that can't be because this. Um, but the way they made it happen, like how Brahms was shy, right? How you had to be in a different room. Well, yeah, because 
he's he's not going to come in and move the doll if you're in the room um so just things like that uh just really did like it it makes sense after the twist happens the only way it could have been a better twist is if they potentially had more hints like very very subtle hints uh, like maybe something in the rules uh that could make it possible for the audience to guess and and that's hard to do but um without just giving it away but otherwise very good twist i do agree that like a few hints would have been nice and uh our our audience they're kind of like poking holes in like how it all worked um mm-hmm. one being how is he so like lean because he's he's clearly pretty fit brahms uh the actual guy uh which I, I honestly, I don't have too much of an issue with that, honestly. Because, um, I mean, he's fed. And what is he going to do beyond walk around and follow the doll all day as people move it? So, I mean, like, if all he does is walk around and climb around the house, I feel like he's going to be somewhat fit. Maybe he won't be, like, crazy muscular. But, like, I don't know if he's going to be able to put on a bunch of, like, fatty weight that way honestly yeah and, and at least like it's not like he overpowered cole mm-hmm. um he just he was he surprised him yeah um and and was able to get the better from that way uh and of course malcolm was sort of a smaller guy um comparatively and so it, it sort of allowed that power dynamic to exist physically um, but I, def- I definitely can see how it is a little weird uh, because for someone to be stuck inside such a small space for so long, you do sort of expect them to be both mentally and physically unwell. Mm. Well, he probably was pretty mentally unwell, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, he I didn't they... seem too great. <laughs> yeah, I think they hit that one um, on the nose. Uh, <laughs> he did seem unwell. Speaking of Malcolm, I really I really like Malcolm's character. I thought. His character was just great. He did that kind of like. It's it wasn't the classic man you see in a horror movie. Just like I'll protect you. Um, oh, here I'll die rescuing you. He did put himself in harm's way, but it wasn't like he it was like a giant fight between him and Brahms or something of like, who's going to win? Can you take down the big baddie? It was. Yeah, I'm going to buy you time so you can run. You know, it was, he didn't. Yeah, it wasn't hopeful going into it um exactly and then of course she came back to save him exactly i thought and it's that kind of thing that i feel like is i like seeing that because i think it is a good kind of like female empowerment to put on the screen it's it doesn't have to hit you on the nose it's just treated as the norm in a way and i I like that i think that's a really great way of putting those kind of like gender roles in right it's just normalizing them. it's it's very subtle yeah it's very it doesn't need any attention drawn to it yeah it's just there <laughs> it's, i almost feel guilty drawing attention to it because that makes it not the norm yeah but, uh, yeah exactly but i i think that like it's good to recognize that i think it's a good way for movies to start doing things yes it, it's a it's a nice subtle way to sort of uh break those stereotypes especially in horror movies no i agree and uh his flirting was pretty on point he was he was a good charmer um he was a little better than our guy from gravy i would say um, <laughs> you know different situations though but you know certainly certainly and greta was no bethany lingulsby but anyway <laughs> malcolm's yes Mal- malcolm's charm is nice it's not it's not creepy i mean he's like he he's as pushy as you can be while not being 
creepy or harassing. And I think the way he pulls it off is like he blatantly says, like, that's my attempt at flirting. Like he exactly. And like there's those little things. Yeah. And like because he, he's trying to make it obvious I am flirting with you. And like if he wasn't if he was trying to pass it off as this is just how I am, that's when it gets really creepy. Exactly. Yes. And so it's it's just a neat little bit. I'm going to I'm going to borrow that one. But yeah, <laughs> when I'm single. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like that that is a proper way to be charming without being pushy or or creepy or yeah just it, it was just, making people uncomfortable that was nice he was he was a fun guy good job malcolm you did mm-hmm. it and uh, that's how it's done one setup i really like that they had going was the talk of cole uh in the back and i always thought it would come up somehow but i thought it would it was more just to establish greta's backstory some and uh i i that's what i thought the whole thing was about was that when she confronted brahm somehow confronted whoever the villain was going to turn out to be it would empower her in a way that she wasn't quite empowered before you know Mm -hmm. um somehow it would tie back into like i'm no longer going to let someone oppress me or like i'm i'm going to be breaking these shackles i'm going to stand up for myself and Mm -hmm. i thought that was uh i thought that's what it was going to be but i think it ended up being a lot better than that i think that would have been a little cliche and stuff and uh, I think what it ultimately said was like, it, it was basically like another kind of like manipulator oppressor trying to enter her life being Brahms mm-hmm. at that point. And I think that's especially displayed when she's calming him down and like putting him in bed so she can stab him with the screwdriver and he, she has to do the <laughs> creepy mask kiss, which was just awful. But yep. <laughs> well, dude, it killed me that it was on the lips. Like I was just like, you kiss him on the forehead every other night. Like why, why has it gotta be the lips now? And I was just like, mm, no, not okay. Hmm. Not not for me, um, but I thought that was really well displayed in that whole scene, uh, that whole little shot we see. And. And so way in a Brahms filled that position. And it was, the stakes were just a lot higher almost, which is crazy because things were already really terrible before. And she stood up and she got out of it. And like it was like oddly empowering, I felt like it was. I liked it a lot. That was my take. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, um, I think that's how they connected her backstory of of the abusive ex, um, and and this, uh, doll story, is that yes, um, Brahms was this potential other abusive person who could come into her life, and she was able to, I mean, to stab him right <laughs> to really yeah. to protect herself, which isn't to say that. If you're in an abusive relationship, immediately stab the other person. <laughs> get out. But there are other there are other ways to get out. That ones that don't get you in prison. <laughs> there are some other directions you can go for sure. Uh, maybe grab a knife instead. <laughs> yeah, a screw. I I was I've always been curious because a knife does cut into the skin, you know. So it like kind of it makes its way in. I feel like in a nicer way, where a screwdriver is a bit more blunt yeah so like it's harsher piercing and stuff like the same way it's almost better to get shot by a bullet than by an arrow because like a bullet while it has a lot of force behind it it can pass through a lot easier where an arrow you have to like push it the rest of the way through if it doesn't go through you uh yeah that is (laughs) so i wonder if it's the same kind of idea depends on what you're going for i guess killer's choice (laughs) yeah just (laughs) yeah you know you should think about how you want to do (laughs) 
This is all uh, entertainment, by the way. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> please None of don't this is actual anything. advice. <laughs> don't try this at home, please. And if you do, uh, it don't, <laughs> don't reference us. Don't tell I mean, the papers. We, that we, we love the we love the free advertising, <laughs> but uh, not not a good. But the two guys at Path Severe told me to stand. <laughs> Horror movie podcast convinces convinces uh convinces Florida person. It has to be convinces <laughs> Florida <laughs> convinces Florida person to kill partner. <laughs> it's perfect. All right. Anyways, <laughs> back to the movie. What I'm curious about is Malcolm um he, while he was such a nice guy and stuff, he confesses later that he didn't tell her about Brahms, the boy murdering somebody until a lot later because he didn't want her to say no immediately, which in a strange way is a, it's an act of selfishness in a strange way. Because uh, it's like saying you, like it's it's creepier than you think. And yes, you're, t- you're taking care of a creepy doll, but mm-hmm. I kind of you, you're nice on the eyes. So I kind of want you around. So like it's it, it, while he was so charming, that does kind of make me question his character ever so slightly. Uh, I, he makes up for it by being willing to die later for her, I guess. But I feel like if I were in such a position, uh, seeing this family occasionally, knowing they're hiring a nanny, I feel like it would be almost my duty, my like kind of like unspoken task to to warn the nannies of the situation they are actually getting into you know like it's just the human thing to do perhaps and yet it's it's one of those little things where you can convince yourself it's not that big of a deal and so for like the slightest like if there's that slightest like desire to not mention it and it's also not something that you think you have to mention it seems like it'd be easy not to mention it right like it's just one of those things like oh well it doesn't really matter like you know if she doesn't know it's still just a doll um maybe it's even better that she doesn't know like it's one of those little things where you could totally convince yourself that it wasn't important i think you're absolutely right so that you can sort of do the quote-unquote selfish thing but it's just like it's just a little little thing right Mm. no yeah you can just minimize it enough that it really doesn't yeah. seem like anything. No, that makes I, I we've all done it before with something. I'm pretty sure. Exactly. So I could see a nice guy like Malcolm yeah. uh, doing that. Um, yeah, <laughs> because I, yeah, she's nice in the eye. I always have trouble telling women like, how do I tell her about my crazy huge biceps? I've been wearing sleeves this whole time. Like, when do I break <laughs> the Easter? Surely she won't. <laughs> it's always a point of contention for me. <laughs> uh, so, no, know, I can relate to him. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I mean, hey, there's an easy solution for that. Just wear tight sleeves. They all oh, uh, like slowly introduce them to her. That's... No, no, just just start out with them. <laughs> oh, oh, just go right into just wear a tank top first date. There, there you go. Okay, maybe not. That that might come off the wrong. No, no, you're right. At you do sneak them in there. Okay, first date, second date, third date. You're just wearing loose loose shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, loose sleeves. Maybe a sweatshirt. You, know, you, you can't you can't see anything. Yeah, right. And then like fourth date. You know, you just show up and hey, what? You just wearing a tighter shirt today, and suddenly your biceps are there. Oh, you know, hmm, hmm. 
it's just a little thing. <laughs> They're black, and you make sure it's dark, though, so that she has to kind of question herself. You know, she's like, just, just like, does he have mad biceps for days? Is that? Is that I can't tell. And then she's more curious the next time when you see her in the light. <laughs> <laughs> and then sixth day, boom, tank top there. Oh, Easy. there you go. Sixth day. Sixth day is the tank top date. That's when you're allowed to wear your tank top. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you're doing. You go into Red Lobster, no. boom, tank top. Tank top. <laughs> Ice skating, tank boom. Top. Tank top. <laughs> tank top. <laughs> it's the perfect strategy, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the issue with this, like, and this is one of the issues with this movie, I feel like, is that there's not, while it does bring you on this nice journey of questioning, is this doll really alive? What exactly is going on here? It, it's very cut and dry. Like, it, there's very much just like, this happens, this happens, this happens, and it can all be bunched up into she slowly finds out that the doll is moving in some manner. Um, yeah and it, it, it's done well at first it, it takes the sort of it takes the order of events as you would expect yeah like oh she doesn't follow the rules she figures out oh this doll is alive yeah um one one thing that i thought was really great was the suicide of brahm's parents uh them just no like them knowing that what brahm is clearly what's really going on with him and then what kills me is that line, the girl is yours now. That's just terrible. Yeah. Like, that is... Like, it's just, it's just implying that ownership. And that's just... It's by no means okay. And it, it almost makes you understand the guilt they've been living with. That they do. That That is how they think of their son. That is the mm -hmm. world they live in with their son. That he has ownership of people like that. It's It's messed up. I didn't... That Bob Bad, so that line just kills me. She is yours yeah. now. Just like fucking rich people, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, the wealthy dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's crazy to me. Um We were talking earlier about like little hints they could have given, like stuff in the rules. And it that is a really tricky line to navigate. Because mm. you can't have a rule on there of like, don't go in this closet. And you're like, well, of course that closet reveals something. Like it's you can't it's hard to do that really subtly. Um and then like one complaint that people had was the there was light coming into those walls because there were like kind of shutters. There were cracks mm -hmm. in the walls, you know, where light was shining through. And why couldn't you see that on the other side? Um like why don't we ever see those lines in the walls while we were going throughout the house? Yeah, and that's that's a good point. I was just gonna say, uh there 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 could have been other subtler hints. Like her off the cuff, Mrs. Heelshire saying something along the lines of, and if you hear some, you know, and, and this is an old house, so, you know, the pipes make a lot of noise in the walls or just something like that of like, I don't know, somehow a hole ends up in a wall and you kind of see, huh, there's a lot of space back there. I don't know. Just th there could be little things to sort of lead you to that. While it seems very obvious to the audience because they've seen this before, it's a doll with a spirit in it. Now that you say that, it does. It, they could almost take a uh, a page out of Cube's book. Oddly enough, they because they set up this whole thing with the rats and the like. How she was worried the rats are going to get in the walls. Mm. They could have totally done something with that. Of like, they hear little like things in the walls, and then they're like, "Oh, it's just the rats." Better set those traps. Um, 
that would have been perfect. Yeah, exactly. Some something like that. Um, yeah, and and maybe the rats was like supposed to be a hint because obviously they mean something, mm-hmm. and I think they were supposed to sort of mean that she didn't want rats sort of in the walls of the house because Brahms is there. But it's it's pretty unobvious because it's just like a normal. Yeah, I mean, no thing. one wants rats in their walls, but she's just yeah. especially picky about it because her son lives in those walls. But yeah, it is. I th- I feel like that that could have done a little been done a little bit better. They they could have used that a little more. Mm-hmm. Because again, that is the perfect reveal. Is if it's something you can put together, it's just difficult. To. Yeah, because that makes it so much more satisfying when the reveal is had. When you when you can look back on those little things and be like, oh, it all makes sense now. There was one moment where she's looking when she's looking at that painting and she's looking into Brahms' eyes in the painting. Uh, I, I had seen this movie before, so I was like, oh, wait, is this, like, his actual eyes looking through the painting here? Like, are those holes in the wall that he's looking through? And I think they could have done something like that. Uh, and then, like, later she walks by it, and if you look closely, there's no uh, eyes there in the painting anymore. Or, like, they slip in or something, like he puts oh. them back or something. Something like that. That would have been cool to see. I like just a little Easter egg like that for the careful mm-hmm. eye. Um, but overall, like I didn't feel crazy cheated. It was it was meant for shock value, and it accomplished that. Uh, I just feel like I could have felt more rewarded to get there. I suppose. Totally. Yeah. It, again, it is. It's the difference between a good twist and a great twist. Yeah. I say that. Yeah, that's exactly because it's not a really a bad twist still. So yeah. Yeah, it's still a good twist. Um, it worked for this movie. And and again, I think looking back, the logic checks out like there are things that you can look at of, well, how is he that strong if he's been trapped in there all this time? Um, but I just mean like in the like literal logic of does this physically work, mm-hmm. you know, with, with how the doll moved and like does those like his actions make sense and like it that that all tracks. Yeah. And. What the one thing I was skeptical of when I first saw it and I saw it was like a big dude. I was like, how is he making those little boy sounds like those little boy giggles? And then he speaks and that I was just like, oh, God, that's that's terrifying. That is so creepy. Like, I did not mm-hmm. like hearing that little boy voice being made by that man behind the mask. That terrified me. <laughs> yeah, that was well done. He did it really well. Greta. <laughs> God, that haunts me. Oh, my goodness. Greta, follow the rules, Greta. Yeah. Why don't you follow the rules? <laughs> yeah, it, that was that was some. I, his voice, he did he did a great job with that. Like as little time as he had with such a impactful role, he did a great job doing that. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, James Russell. Yeah. <laughs> not not Brahms, I suppose. No, that's the actor's <laughs> name is James Russell. <laughs> They just take the mask off. Yeah. Oh my god, it's James Russell. Holy crap, James. <laughs> going on? It wasn't Brahms at all. <laughs> you know, I, I was curious actually though. Here's something they said earlier in the movie, which I was hoping they would maybe turn into a red herring of sorts, which is that Greta mentioned or Ma- Malcolm and her were talking about Brahms and how he had died like 20 years ago. And she said, oh, so he would be about your age now. Uh. It, it would have been interesting if maybe they could have played 
around with that and made it possibly a red herring of how he could be involved somehow. Maybe he's Brahms. I don't know. Like that, it would have been interesting to see some kind of a little plant like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they could have done that with how they took this movie, just because then you would still be thinking about it being a person. Um, and I don't know if maybe twisting it from being this person to a different person is as big of a deal as twisting it from being a, a spirit to a person. Yeah, I, I think that was the that's what made it great was the twist from spirit to person. Yeah, the paranormal so, is physical. So I, I definitely don't blame them for doing anything with that. But I saw the possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, just it was it was an interesting comment for her to make. Uh, I want to talk real quick about Cole's character because he portrayed that character really well. He looks like a nice guy, honestly. His the actor's name is Ben Robson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he see he, honestly like he could he seems like that guy just by looking at him like that you would just go get a beer with and just chill. I don't know. Um, and he did a good job of coming across as someone who could easily come off as kind of good at first. Like I could totally see her meeting him in the past and he seemed confident. He seemed like, you know what he wanted. He seemed into her. And then later on revealed that he was possessive and the confidence Mm -hmm. was really like some kind of arrogance. Um, yeah, they also did a really good job of not portraying the abusiveness that he was giving off so obviously mm. it, it's that sort of um it, that a little more realistic uh or you know at least what's more commonly found uh type of abuse of like you know he it, it's almost like for him like you know the relationship never ended right so he's just there you know he's fixing things you know he's taking her back home like there's all these just assumptions he's making and in her position what what do you do right like it's almost like you have to go back with him you are trapped in this abusive relationship and i think they did that really well it felt like she was trapped with this guy and that he had a hold on her that he was going to continue to have yeah so they they did a really good job with that i agree they they portrayed her really well i'm curious to know just exactly like what they were drawing from to write that, you know, like had they did they know someone that was in a similar situation or mm-hmm. do they or did they just empathize that well? It was good stuff. I liked it. I like the way they did portray that. Yeah. Yeah. And she just, she gets grabbed so much. It bothered one of our audience members a lot, but she's kind of like there's there's constantly at the end a male figure just grabbing your arm and it's just so it's it's aggravating. It's just like just let it go. Yep. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. That's yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ian, it's about that time to move on to the surveys, if you're ready. Uh, anything you want to say before we do? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, other than that, I mean, like, I'll save my sort of big overall for after the surveys. But cool. yeah, I, I think I've got all the things down I wanted to talk about. Well, so we got a 5.6 for the enjoyment of it. But for the scariness of it, it was an interesting thing. Because I thought it was creepy like doll movies are. I wouldn't say it was quite as creepy as some doll movies, honestly. Hmm. Uh, what makes it great is that twist and they do the creepiness well don't get me wrong i just don't think it was insanely amazing um but what we got was we i don't what is the average here uh five i hate that i can't do math i think it's like Mm 5.2 and but we had a two a three and then just three sevens like some people were just like that was pretty terrifying and just a couple people like nah, nah that wasn't it and what I find, see, for me, what gets me is what puts it on, like, the deeper end for me, I think, of being scary 
is with Chucky and stuff, it's always the doll actually committing the actions, and you you can kick a doll like you you can punt a doll across the room, and it's just it's a doll. It's not. Mm-hmm. I I don't care if it has a knife. I'm going to kick that thing. Um, <laughs> it, it's just what it is, dude. It's a doll. <laughs> when you get down to the bare bones of it, like it, the creepy thing is, if you go to sleep letting it roam around your house, like that's just not smart. Um, yeah. Overall, dolls usually don't scare me, but we never see this doll move. We never see Annabelle move either, which is I think is probably the most famous of like the dolls. Mm-hmm. Uh and the and so but so Annabelle's scary because she's got like a demon thing with her all the times, and that's what you kind of presume is the Brahm is it's some otherworldly force, and that's what makes him scary, is just the presumption of like what's really going on here. And so I thought they did that really well. I think it's a lot more scary than actually having the doll twist its head towards you. Yeah, yeah, I think, and, and I think it's effective because, and, and we talk about this all the time. There's that amb- ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And in real life, when we look at dolls and we find them creepy, it's not because they move. It's because they don't. Cool. They they look so lifelike in a way, and yet they feel so lifeless. It's it's that uncanny valley where it's, it feels human, like your instincts, your intuition. It's like, that's a face. There's life there, but there's not. And that's what feels creepy. And, and this movie is able to use that. It's like the it's not moving like it is a lifeless doll, but there is life there and you can feel it. Um, and and that's what makes it creepy. So I, they, I, they did a great job using that. I build on that because it's not only that they don't move, it's that they could move is what's so scary. Mm. Like it could move any moment and that would just terrify you. Yeah. But the fact that it doesn't makes it remain. It keeps that scariness of just it could. Yep. Keeps that ambiguity because mm-hmm. and you're right. As long as soon as it starts moving, maybe it will kick in that hey, that thing's smaller than me. It, it's less scary, and so yeah, keeping that ambiguity makes it better. And additionally, in this movie, something interesting they do is that Greta doesn't end up terrified of the doll after she realizes there's a spirit. Um, you know, with a combination of her past and everything, she actually feels for this small child spirit as she sees it. Um. And so she's not really scared of it. And and that's actually kind of nice because if she was scared of it, it might seem kind of silly because it's like, well, it's, you know, I know it can move, but it's it, it's interesting how they went about that. Um, but it still remains creepy to us and weird to us. <laughs> and I do like that she did end up bonding with it. I thought that was a really nice difference that we see. We never mm-hmm. see people bond with Chucky after he whips out a knife. They're all like, all right, enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was really an interesting way to take it, uh, which was totally unexpected. Um, that's sort of when it changes, like the course of events. You know, you don't just expect, oh, okay, she's gonna follow the rules now. That's, huh? I people try that. Oh, okay, it makes sense, but it's uh, it's a, a different way to take it. Oh, and they do this wonderful thing where they flip you on, they flip the audience with you too, because suddenly we have Cole there, and we know Cole's a bad guy. We know he's done terrible things. Yeah, to Greta. And so we're almost rooting for Brahms when he's supposed to kick him out of the house, you know, mm-hmm. like when we see that get outside, we're like, yeah, Brahms, just kill him now. Just do it. He's scared. And like, there's this weird kind of like confusion when he does come out of the window and he's killing Cole and you're just like, well, I'm glad Cole's gone. But what, 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 what yeah. am I supposed to think? You know, like is what, what happens now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was a really great difference to see there was the attachment to the doll i think that's that's that might be the thing that really makes this movie unique 
Yes, certainly. And and it, but it's so weird too because that that is Brahms, right? But the thing is, is that she thought she was taking care of this little boy who died when he was eight. You know, this this boy's spirit. But it's very different when she realizes that it's this this man who's been spying on her the whole time and stealing her stuff and like suddenly that's really different and in a bad way it's like man i wish that was a little boy's spirit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so that that's that's part of the twist really is it's actually it's worse than a little boy's spirit haunting the house and i this might be a bold thing to say but it goes from being this nice almost like we complete each other relationship because she had a she had a miscarriage and Mm -hmm. they lost a son so it became this interesting we complete each other to a manipulative thing uh because the whole time in reality his side was brahm's side was a lie because he was actually around uh and he was just making her do what he wanted with the puppet Mm -hmm. uh so it, it went from we complete each other uh this is a mutually beneficial thing to you're manipulating me, which is almost really kind of the turn that you see in an abusive relationship. Um, cause no, yeah. no one goes into a relationship just being like, I really want to be, this guy hits me so hard. Like, this is great. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's like, God, he's got such a great left hook is all. Uh, <laughs> he's got <laughs> such big biceps yeah. <laughs> that he, he packs a punch, even though that's not how punches. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, but no one goes into it like that. That, that, they're, they always seem nice at first, but then they end up being terrible. Uh, yeah, they, they, they draw you in. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's this harmlessness um, that it may be making it seem like they need help. Um, like it could be really anything, but it lures you in. And then the real person appears maybe out of the mirror. And suddenly it's not what you thought it was. Yeah, and. I so I thought that was like it was kind of an interesting symbolic thing that we see there, yeah. Uh, so I I thought that was that was fun to see. On to our third question, and this is the one I added, uh, because it was it was a big point of discussion during the movie, and Mr. Audience of, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate Brahms? Because there was a lot of discussion of how hot Brahms was, really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with the mask on, <laughs> with with the mask on, yeah. <laughs> everyone was looking at that bot i guess and they're just like i'm, I'm about that okay um <laughs> and uh, uh the, in general people are like okay brahms brahms kind of has it going on until they heard his voice and they're like brahms no longer has it going on <laughs> <laughs> it is it has come to a halt <laughs> um so, okay that's fair yeah if if a guy has a has the voice of an eight-year-old child (laughs) maybe not the most attractive feature (laughs) and then (laughs) what i love it we thought this was a dividing movie dude but if it if it couldn't get more dividing we had two people vote ones we had two people vote tens and then a person vote four (laughs) and so i don't i don't know what that averages out to but that's (laughs) it couldn't get more dividing i just People have very oh, different takes. Man. I just whoever put ten, I'm worried for you. I'm yeah, <laughs> that is a little worrying. I mean, again, he was wearing a porcelain mask. Uh, Maybe is that part of, of it? that? I guess is yeah. that is, is, is that does that do it for you? Hmm. Should we should we sell merch? Porcelain mask. Oh god. For fun times, we, we've partnered up with Adam and Eve. <laughs> All right, Ian, and now we move on to quiz time. 
so we asked what scares you the most about the movie and we had four options having no co- i feel like we should have like that million dollar question music playing They're like dun, 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 dun. uh it's like that really intense music but having oh, no yeah, communication yeah. to the outside world while in an isolating place a creepy doll that moves on its own while you're not looking the feeling that someone strange has been through your things or being on the run from a dangerous person i'm gonna ask you which one do you think took the cake there okay. is a decisive okay. winner this time. Okay, let, let's see. Uh, what, what's the first and second one so again? So we've got no communication, being isolated. Uh, creepy doll moves without looking, without you looking. Someone strange has been through your things or being on the run from someone dangerous. I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick the doll. The doll that moves on its own? That was an idiot, I'm sorry. Damn it! It was a, uh, which I'll ask, I'll ask you before I reveal, which do you think was the lowest one? Which, which one just didn't scare people? Um, what was the third one? The feeling that someone strange has been through your things. The thing that didn't scare anyone. Well, uh, I, all of the them feeling... were voted on, but the one that was the least. Okay. Okay. Uh, the one where you're being chased the run from a dangerous person yeah okay so it was a three-way tie between no communication creepy doll and being on the run uh <laughs> someone strange going through your things is what people found the scariest uh, you, which wait, is, did you ask me to vote for the least? And there's three. <laughs> there's three. The there's a three way tie. Yes. Were you just seeing? I really I wanted to see if you picked the one. Yeah. <laughs> and son I, of a gun. You 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 almost you asked about the third one. I was like, he's gonna pick. He's gonna he's, do. <laughs> I was going to too. I was like, nah, it's it's something different because that's something that actually happens and creeps people out. Man. But yeah, that uh. That one took the cake, <laughs> which is interesting to me because, like, honestly, that that is the scariest thing, isn't it? To kn- to know where you put something and then find it somewhere totally different that no one would have any business touching, you know? Like, it's I mean, they always make sense after it's revealed. <laughs> yeah, um, but like, it's, no, it's always a little unsettling. I totally get it. I mean, I don't. Maybe why I didn't pick this is because, luckily, I don't think I've really had that feeling before. Um, like, I know it's there, like, you know, like, when people get robbed and stuff, it feels, like, really bad because mm. someone has just been through a place that you assumed was secure and safe, um, that, like, you live your life, and then, like, someone just, and even if it's, like, just a room that's personal, like, it's, I can see it being very, very creepy, especially if you're alone in a house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, having, like, someone have, having, like, gone through it and, like, knowing that someone has. Um, yeah it it makes a lot of sense but yeah i'm reading the other ones having no communication while being isolated i mean i think we've all been in a situation like that we've all been like i mean plenty of people have been like camping or something or just been high up in some mountains um out in the woods on a like drive or something i mean that's just that for such a connected world we're oddly okay without having communication when we expect it Um, yeah yeah, and I think that's sort of individually based. Like, um, yeah. I can't imagine that one being the most picked, generally speaking, uh, just because 
um like yeah like you said i feel like because most people can sort of prepare for not being connected for being isolated that's not a mm. problem for a lot of people but for for a lot of other people because they're so used to that connection um especially if maybe you're very extroverted and you sort of get that extroverted energy gain from that online activity i can see it being pretty scary to be without that uh for for a long period of time uh, this is something i would mean as this is this is off topic but like are you, are you an introvert or extrovert ian uh i'm i'm an extrovert uh so yeah i i gain energy from being around people interesting um, see i just that blows my mind i i can gain joy from being around people and if i'm with like one person like someone i'm close with i can get some energy uh i can get energized with them but like i need my alone time so that yeah it's just weird seeing the other side it's it's a it's a mindset yeah, and, that like, like and, and here's the thing that i think a lot of people understand is that um like just because you're introverted it doesn't like that doesn't necessarily mean you're shy right yeah. just because being extroverted that doesn't necessarily mean you're not shy um it's really all about just ooh, like how do you get your energy like mm -hmm. do you get your energy from you know getting with your friends like it doesn't have to be going out to a party right like i'm not a party person but i get energy by hanging out with friends by getting doing stuff with friends that's what gives me energy um now of course it's a spectrum so i like having some alone time now and then but overall i i don't prefer it um and certainly missing out on social interaction even if it's online right like um even if i like if i really need to i could hop on i could hop on a game and talk to strangers <laughs> to get that sort of energy right? sometimes strangers are the best dude. <laughs> yeah exactly um so you know it's uh, it is interesting yeah that introverted extroverted like um i mean they're both like they're both fine there's there's really no advantage I see in either, except I guess maybe being extroverted can help you in social situations more just because. But again, it doesn't even make you necessarily better at socializing. Like you could be an introvert and be better at socializing than an extrovert. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see it being nice to sort of get that energy from interactions. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting difference between people. It is. So. On to our last question, Ian. We, we've tangented too hard this one, but yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the editing room. And this Yay. is a this is what you wanted to ask earlier, but you caught yourself. But now we finally get to get to it, Ian. If you got the job of taking care of a child who turns out to be a doll, would you take care of it? Assuming you wouldn't leave. So assuming like, yes, you're going to stay within the house and stuff, but you actually put in the effort of going through the checklist of taking care of it. Mm -hmm. and uh would you do so if you knew the family came from a creepy background like Brahms? is i added that a little bit on yeah makes sense uh i'm just i'm curious like uh i guess because otherwise it's very change. easy to say like hell no yeah uh and is it easier to say yes if you don't know like if you don't know the background i, I think it just changes person to person yeah we sure. uh we have if i got the job for a regular non-murderous family yes if I got the job for a non-regular murderer's family, yes, obviously I'm not trying to get murdered. Uh, 
the way I'm interpreting this is that they, if the family does have like that kind of back story to them, that they would take it because they think the family would murder them if they didn't take it. Because they, they, if I got the job for a non-regular murderous family, then yes, I'm going to take it. Yes, obviously. Interesting. Wait, does this mean they will take care of the doll? Yeah. That, that, that's the question, right? Like, so I think they're saying either way, they would take care of the doll. Yeah. I got so confused with my own question. I don't... Oh. <laughs> it's going to be tricky. <laughs> Our try. questions are perfect and totally not confusing <laughs> ever. They are They are scientifically crafted. We are not open to, to criticism. Be, to be amazing <laughs> survey questions. Um. We have the next person says, I probably would take care of it, at least at first, simply because I have a really hard time not trying to do my best when I'm getting paid to do something, even when I'm being really underpaid. However, once the quote unquote parents were supposed to have been back, I would have written a note and left job done. Uh, honestly, though, I would never take a job babysitting anyone or hanging out in someone else's house alone. I've worked as a camp counselor and decided I'm never working with children again. <laughs> wow. Well, this is I've... the perfect job, then there's no children. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Also, I used to do overnight home care for someone. It's not something I'd be likely to do again. Fear being responsible for other people. Interesting. Okay, so it's the responsibility you fear for other people. Um, uh, for I can't work with children just because I'm not good with children. Uh, which is like I I wish I were. I'm not bad with children. It's not like I the child comes up to me and they're like check out my toy and I like slap them or something. I <laughs> you don't like just punt them. Yeah. Just <laughs> like check out my bicycle, kid. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's tank top day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, what, the key to children I found is just everything they do is the most interesting thing in the world. That's that's really all you can do. Um, mm-hmm. You just have to put on your best acting face. But what well, you got to be as interested as they are. And some people yeah. are naturally as interested because they're really interested, like in that child and what they're doing. They're like, heck, yeah you can sort of feed off of their energy and it gives you also an excuse to be kind of childish yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be fun for a lot of people and it can be very natural. And yeah, I think for other people, you kind of have to put on a bit of a facade, which some people are good at and some people are not good at. Um, but yeah, like where it's just, you know, you, you put on your sort of child interacting face. Yeah. Or just put on your child face like Brahms, but yeah. <laughs> Put on your porcelain mask yeah. to talk to the children. <laughs> oh, hey, kids. <laughs> big, big dude in a tank top with beefy biceps and a porcelain mask. <laughs> and then just like in an eight-year-old's voice, he's yeah. like, oh, hi, kids. <laughs> Let's go play. Check out my biceps. <laughs> man, talk about being scared of clowns. Wait till you see porcelain face. Find a whole new fear. So our next one is, I mean, it's easy money, really, other than the fact you'd pretty much be an over-glorified maid. I don't think I would have done things much different from the main character in this movie other than straight up dip when things got really weird and started getting moved around. Yeah, I think I would have dipped when the doll started moving, too, honestly. Or seemed that's to be fair. moving. I, I would have been, nah, that's not, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about, do you, would you have stayed around when the doll started moving in? If I'm alone in that house, I might have dipped. Yeah okay okay uh the next 
God, there's always there's always someone like this, and I I feel like I just opened the door for it or something when I talked about <laughs> I would just let myself die in a Saw movie because this next one is God no I'd let it kill me. I wasn't even <laughs> there wasn't even the threat of death there. I, it was just are you gonna take care of the dog? They're just like nah, it's just, it's just gonna kill me. Again. <laughs> just kill. <get off. laughs> yeah, there, death isn't even necessarily on the table, yeah. but it's like. Even though it's not on the table, you went into the kitchen, you got out of the fridge, you cooked it up, and you put it on the table, and then you slapped it against your own face. Well, you're playing Go Fish, and you fold it. That's, that's all that happened. <laughs> I just don't understand what's happening. Our audience isn't okay. Um, Gosh dang it. <laughs> right, so the next one is, oh, for sure, there would be some hesitation with the family background, but if the pay is high enough... Of course. Also, gosh dang it. Oh no. Also, if there happened to be a super buff, tall, sexy brunette hunk living in the house, that would be a plus. <laughs> and sadly, I don't think they're referring to Malcolm. I don't think they are. <laughs> I wish they were. Oh man. <laughs> it's not a plus, actually. Yeah, at least not the way he was doing it. Well, how about you, Ian? Would you actually take care of this doll? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to mention, like, would I do something with the hunk living in it? No. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so assuming I got this job, right? Um, here's the question. Is that I do have this sort of need. I like, I think someone else put in theirs of they sort of have that need to take care of that responsibility that they're given. Yeah. Uh, so I have that. Um, but on the other hand, I'd also be the same kind of person that's like, that's a doll. That's, you know, why. And I'm pretty pragmatic. So I know that they won't know if I don't do that stuff and nothing will come of it unless there's like cameras or something, which I would check for. But I think my pragmatic side would win out and I would probably not take care of the doll. Um, Like I would take care of it as in it, leave and leave it somewhere nice, you know, cover with something so it doesn't get dusty sort of a thing. But otherwise, no, I'm I'm not going to take care of that doll because to me, like, it's not a thing. Uh, and then to answer your question earlier, as soon as it started moving, like, I would, like, I would come into the room and it would be somewhere else than where I left it. If I was alone in that house, yeah, I would dip. Because not because I would think the doll was alive necessarily, that certainly there would be a part of me mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not so skeptical, skeptical that I can't think of of like the uh, sort of Occam's razor of just like, ah, it must be alive because it moved. Um, But uh, so that would definitely occur to me, but I would more so think if that thing's not alive, then there's someone else here. And I didn't sign up for that, you know? Yeah. And then I would leave. So that, that would be my thought process there. There would be no reason to stay at that point just because like, that's not, Something's wrong. weird here. Yeah, I would. I'm on. I'm with you on like if it wasn't in the same location. Yeah, I'd be out of there. Um, even if there were other people, honestly, I would ask them, "Did you move it?" Of course. Uh, yeah. And then if they say no, like I'm, if they, even if they're just questioning, like maybe I moved it. Uh, if they weren't sure that they moved it, I would probably get out of there just because that's not worth risking sleeping in a place where some strange thing is whether it be the doll 
spirit or a person. Mm-hmm. Um, as for would I take care of it? See, the, my thing is, I I would be taking care of it honestly. Um, just because mm-hmm. I I I'm the same way. If I'm getting paid, especially if I'm getting paid as well as she did, yes, I'll do the task you assign of me. Uh, no matter how ridiculous they seem, but mm-hmm. I would not be sensitive enough to not bring it up when they're hiring me. Like when I saw the doll, when like she was being introduced to Brahms and everything, I would have been like, so why are you having me take care of a doll? Right. And I, it might be damaging to the, to the couple. Cause maybe it's for therapeutic reasons or something. I don't know, but I feel like it's going to happen at some point. Someone's going to ask, why is the, why is your son I a see. doll? So I, I feel like, the worst that happens is I'm ripping off a Band-Aid or either that or they keep the shroud going somehow. Uh, but if they were so offended by me asking if it was a doll that they didn't want me working for them, I would be okay with that. Like that, I that's yeah. not really someone I do want to work for. Um, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't think I'd be in the position where like I did it because that they thought it was like really their son or something like because it was like delu- it was some delusion i do it because that they really did want this doll taken care of and if it was for a therapeutic reason maybe like the i don't know one of the couple pulls me aside and says it's for their benefit so that they don't have to say goodbye to our son yet or something and i'd be like okay i understand yeah. that uh and if you really want me if you really want to pay me money to change a doll's clothes and stuff i'm i'll do it uh, yeah and, and and i definitely respect that um yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes a whole lot of sense so yeah i think that's that's where i land on it um so i think that that wraps things up ian is there any last words you want to give us before we head on out of here oh man the boy um yeah again you know oh gosh i have a sneeze coming in oh where's it going bless you who knows it's it's in limbo yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this it kills me because this doesn't work on uh ruby my girlfriend um mm-hmm. but when you say bless you too early people usually can't sneeze uh <laughs> and I, I so i do that all the time if i see someone ready for it i'm just like i'm gonna get them they're not sneezing on my watch <laughs> yeah. yeah of course you would you would uh same person asked me which one was guest the least <laughs> When all three of them died. <laughs> I had to see, and I had to see if you, you all, you were so close. You were so close to I was, I was about to do it again. Oh man. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the boy, you know, it's, it, it, I, to me, it, it is a solid war movie. Like it, it's something to look at, to see how, you know, to, to me, it, it's, it's pretty textbook of, a decent horror movie like like you can't go wrong with it you know yeah uh what i like is it feels kind of like a fresh of breath air if you're used to all the other doll stories and then you get this twist and that's fun yeah Um, exactly like it there's a little bit of a twist it's nice it's a good it's a good horror i think it's a good horror movie for horror audiences it's not Mm -hmm. one you would show as like a first horror movie um, yeah it's it's yeah totally because totally. because it, it it twists off of what we normally know about horror movies so if you don't know anything it's not going to be as great you're not going to get the same enjoyment yeah. out of it i feel like. like it'll probably be fine yeah. but especially if you're not really into horror i would go with something better yeah um, exactly but 
definitely like if you're if right now you're looking for a horror movie to watch it's a good one yeah I don't even know why I do this at the end. It's like, all right, now that we've explained the entire movie, including the twist in it, <laughs> let's let's pretend you're still going to watch it afterwards. I think if we get a website up, we can put in like our final thoughts on it as quotes or something. Yeah, true. Yeah, passafear.com. It's coming. <laughs> I've got to do it. I just need, no, I you're just a, need motivation. You're a busy man, too. <laughs> I understand that. Uh Oh, cool. Thank you all so one, much one for stopping by. We had a great time talking about it, and we hope you had equally fun listening to it, even though my room is messy. Um, yeah, again, sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's very oh. unprofessional in there. <laughs> uh, uh, but, I mean, hopefully my room that's spotless, it, it, pristine, it's it sparkles even, uh, just because how pristine it is. Hopefully that brought you enough complacency to make up for uh marshall's just utter lack of uh organizational prowess maybe you can just edit out my messy room and editing oh <laughs> uh, no i <laughs> oh, see it's just you know the the audio is just a little no that's um, fair that's fair yeah that's <laughs> just it's just impossible. all throughout the audio like how am i, supposed I can't to, remove how am I supposed it to like, it's just yeah. there man yeah i <laughs> just it's it's ingrained it's um that's fair it's dilapidated into the uh auditorial under track (laughs) and so i (laughs) so i can expunge that uh using the audio filter uh up mechanism (laughs) yeah i love i love explaining things using the biggest words possible (laughs) that's just my favorite thing well, especially when half of them are made up or yeah, maybe exactly. made up or you don't even know what you're talking they about. Like they like sound kind of right, but who knows? Yeah, they're like, this sounds kind of like yeah. uh, auditorial jargon. <laughs> I'll say it. Yeah, I, as you can tell, I'm not exactly a sound engineer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you all so much. Check us out on the Discord link that'll be in the description if you want to come and watch the horror movie with us and give us your take on it. Yeah. Have a lovely time, all y'all. <laughs>